0: I probably got something ready to say, but I got a joke I've been meaning to tell you here. Um, I, I waited till the mics were turned on, because I don't know how to take this shit. I'm, I'm not sure this person was real, man. So, as, as many of you know, you know, besides the, the podcaster Kevin here, one of the superhero homies, uh, co-host on the show, unfortunately, as many of us do, I have the alter ego, the day-to-day, the, the Clark Kent, if you will. Instead of the cool-ass job of podcasting, unfortunately, I also go to a day-to-day job. And at this day-to-day job, something interesting happened. Uh, I met a strange individual. Brother man, Q, my friend, my pal, co-host. Have you ever met someone that had the same first and last name in real life? Uh no. No, me neither. I only thought that happened to Mario. And because he's fictional, Mario Mario. And his brother got fucked in that deal, because that means he's Luigi Mario. Talking about riding coattails. I met someone today whose name was Fox
1: Fox. Oh, I thought you said you met mis- somebody with your exact name. I was like, what? No, no,
0: no, no, no. <laughs> no, not exact name. No, excuse me. Uh let me let me reiterate. The same first and last name. Not the same as you, but like they have like Frank Frank. In this case, I met someone whose first and last name was the same. I already said it once and maybe I shouldn't have on mic because that might totally just suck for them. They they might already have enough crap about that. But yeah, dude, I met someone whose name was the same thing on repeat. Huh. That's kind of weird, right? I mean, wow. That's one that's just not creative. That's like, well, we're just going to call you the same thing as your last name. And I didn't believe them. So you know what they did? As if it was prepared, as if this is a running bit of theirs that they kept doing. They pulled the license out on me. They pulled that government approved ID, that thing that you would supply for like, you know, all this other official business bullshit. And it was right there. First and last name. Well, damn. That's kind of strange, right? I mean, yeah. who does that? <laughs> That's all I got. What do you got? <laughs> Thanks for coming to my TED Talk.
1: Uh, well, uh, I know it, it can't compare. It can't, I'm joking. <laughs> uh, I, I didn't know whether to delete in with, uh, with like the, the new Spider-Man trailer or with the new, uh, the new Marvel game coming out. Mm. Um, Let's talk about both. Yeah, yeah why and not? There's a couple like, different avenues I, both, there. Both is good. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it, it was just really ironic and really funny how during our, our recording of last week's episode, that's when Marvel chose to drop the trailer for everyone to see. And, and you know, at the beginning of last week's episode, I was talking about how, yeah, man, so like, the, there's this trailer that leaked, apparently, mm. and it has, you know, all this and that in it. It was impeccable timing. Oh. Like, all of our friends
0: were just like, bro, yeah. that episode was poorly timed mm-hmm. with that trailer.
1: Disney, come on, man. They were listening and said, okay, we're going to drop it now. Obviously. Yeah. They were like, insult our movies one more time. <laughs> uh, but uh, So yeah, the, the trailer uh, overall, I thought, was, was really fucking dope. I uh, really enjoyed it. And uh, it, it led me down this rabbit hole of thinking, and it led me to, uh, to what... Many were probably considered to be a hot take. I don't think it's that big of a hot take, but it probably is. And uh, that hot take is: I think that uh, Venom was better used in Spider-Man Three than he has been in the solo Venom movies.
0: Uh, I'll help rank that for you, brother man. That's a lukewarm
2: take, you know.
0: Mm. Um, I don't know. I don't think anyone's going to get upset about that. Like, I did not hear. Enough people go, whoa, just then as you said that. <laughs> no, nah, like, nah, you're good. You okay. got a few heads that popped mm-hmm. up and said, wait, wait, what are you talking about? Mm. But that's it. It's Most real. of us are just like, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, bet. Cool. Okay. Because, yeah. I mean, yeah. Tom, we, we talked about this officially on the Venom movie release mm-hmm. where, and, and, you know, in the simplistic elevator pitch, you know, the, the Tom Hardy um, uh, Venom was glorified, where he had to kind of be turned into this pra- uh, protagonistic role. I make fun of the bracelets. That's another joke I make, but that's unrelated to the character. Is Venom was not the protagonist of the story. He's always been like the good antiquester, the, the, uh, a good uh, arch nemesis almost to Spider-Man, aside from Green Goblin, of course, being the real, like, oh, that's the big looming threat. But Venom was always like, ah, fuck you. Um, I can do everything you can do, but better. Ah, and I'm, you know, I hate you, Spider-Man. I'm going to kill you. You know, yeah. um But then the movie didn't have a place for that, obviously, because Spider-Man was not in it or allowed to be in it at said time, apparently. I don't know. But, yeah,
1: I would, yeah, I'd agree with what you said. And it's, uh, it's, it's a real interesting thing to think about because – if, if you know, if if you weren't that familiar with the uh, Venom comics, with the Spider-Man comics, and if, if you know, if your only uh, exposure to Venom was in Spider-Man Three and in the 2018 Venom movie, mm-hmm. then you would be probably severely confused as about who and what this character is. Like, right. okay, because. I'm getting drastically different things. Like the similarities begin and end with an alien symbiote bonding with a guy named Eddie, right? And and that's about where the similarities begin and end. Like in one of these, Eddie hates Peter. The the the, the symbiote hates Peter. I mean, I got to be honest. As as overall as shitty of a movie as Spider-Man Three ended up being, they played it pretty damn good with yeah. the with the Venom buildup.
0: Yeah, they really did, dude. The the black suit Spider Man was awesome looking. It was really cool, really fun. Even though it wasn't the awesome Secret Wars movie we want to have happen, it was still like the lead up into the bell tower scene. Yeah, that's a great scene. That was well done. Um, I don't remember that actor's name. He's kind of like I guess he's kind of blacklisted. I don't really see him in shit anymore.
1: Topher Grace. I think he's just doing the get get the hell out of here.
0: Your superpower amazes me sometimes. Because I'm just like, yeah, blonde white guy. Yeah, uh, frost tips or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. But uh, um, you know. whatever you call that hairstyle. Yeah. Yeah. Spikes. That thing. <laughs> Anyways.
1: Yeah. Uh, but it's, it's just such a, uh, an interesting thing to think about. Because I was just thinking about it. Like, you know, they, they're bringing back all these villains, allegedly, for the upcoming MCU Spider-Man 3. And I was thinking about how I wonder if that could lead into uh, you know Spider Man in one way or another coming in contact with this Venom, mm-hmm. um, and you know we talked about how uh, they with the the 2018 Venom, the uh, Tom Hardy villain, uh, Venom, how they kind of did a little bit of line skipping and said, okay, we're gonna skip the part where uh, Eddie and Brock or Eddie and Brock where Eddie Brock uh, has this disdain for Peter Parker. We're gonna skip the part where Peter is bonded with the symbiote. We're gonna fast forward past the shit where uh, these two have epic encounters. Uh, we're gonna fast pour uh, fast forward past the part where uh, Venom is is a, is a villain, It's a bad guy, and we're gonna go straight to like the Lethal Protectors arc where he is a, a good guy, and we're gonna try to spin a Venom movie that has no connections to Spider-Man. Now, like you said earlier, we talked about that. That's a hub bridge. Long. Yeah, <laughs> you built a very long bridge. Yeah. And, you know, it's like you it said earlier it's a bridge of venom yeah it's, it's, uh, it's made of uh, black ooze and ichor uh, <laughs> we talked about one might call it venom Yeah, we talked about you know you talked about that earlier how you mentioned that uh, you know we, we've spoken a lot about mm-hmm. just how uh, it doesn't really doesn't really add up doesn't really make sense uh, it's, it's a long fucking like you said bridge
2: yeah.
1: uh, that doesn't really quite connect uh, but yeah, so I guess the more I say it out loud, yeah, I, it's like I, I to me it doesn't feel like a hot take, but I guess I just feel that like there's a lot of people out there who would have this whiplash reaction.
0: I can get that. I can get that. So segue me in. Mm-hmm. Why are we talking about Venom? What's on
1: your mind? Oh yeah, but that's what the because I started with the Spider-Man three trilogy and got me thinking about all the villains, all yeah. the villains. So that's how we led. Because I let was
0: just like. Where we, where, where did we come from?
2: Where'd yeah, you so come from?
1: Where'd you go? <coughs> yeah, yeah. We came from Venom being called Venom Venom. How he has the first and same last <laughs> name. <Yeah. laughs> yep. There it is. That yep. would be the case. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, have you heard of uh, Midnight or have you seen the trailer for Midnight Suns yet? Nope. Ah, okay. Uh, Midnight Suns is the uh, the latest. Uh, Marvel video game coming out slated to come out uh I believe March next year. Okay. And who's uh, is it uh same people that made uh the Avengers game? No, no, oh. not Crystal Dynamics is great. It's that's made by uh, I think it's uh Fairfix, I I think's the name. Uh the same people that, that ironically enough made uh XCOM uh are making it.
0: And what's it called?
1: Uh Midnight Suns. Oh, sun as in like Father, son? Uh, Funny you ask. uh, The comic book is S-O-N-S, but the video game is S-U-N-S, I believe. What the hell? Yeah. Or vice versa. I'm trying to remember. Which one is which?
0: Okay, I'm looking up articles right now. It's Midnight Suns, as in multiple big old stars that Mm -hmm. give us light. Yes. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. um, As of now, it's just a cinematic trailer. But it looks like uh they're they're loosely adapting the Midnight Sun storyline from the like the nineties comic. Um but it appears that uh they're going for like a a tactical turn based style game, but with X Men style or or uh Marvel characters. Uh so mm-hmm. when you say turn based, are we talking like uh, uh XCOM style. It's maybe the same people who made XCOM. Very cool.
0: Okay. Okay, yeah, I'm, I'm not upset. Yeah,
1: yeah. How'd the trailer look? Oh no, trailer looked really intriguing. But I mean, like uh, I, I said to you a few, probably a few weeks ago, oh, yeah. off mic. Uh, I don't put a whole lot of stock into cinematic trailers. Like, <laughs> no, no, cinematic yeah.
0: trailers is you know, yeah,
1: yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, for, for you know, and, and this is a video game for anyone who's wondering. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I don't put a whole lot of stock into uh, cinematic trailers. They just. What do they mean? You know, nothing went. They mean nothing. Not a goddamn thing. Yeah, uh, congrats!
0: You made a very short, fancy movie. Yeah, uh, artsy. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm sure it looked good, though. You know, in all joking aside, yeah, but it, it doesn't did. actually show you the game. Yeah,
1: it is what you're getting at, right?
2: Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, definitely looked uh, i'm both in uh visually speaking and in tone seemed to be uh kind of a, of a darker game and Ooh. i believe the game right now is going to have Is i think is going to have a uh 12 person roster i want to say okay um i
0: saw wolverine i saw blade just a couple examples yeah
1: yeah uh so they are you know bringing in a lot of uh, what it would be considered to be like the midnight Suns, people like blade uh ghost rider um, but uh, we'll, see, we'll see what they bring in. Uh, like you already mentioned, Wolverines in there. Uh, Captain Marvel. They they had to put her in there. Uh, nah. uh Nico it's, from the Runaway or uh, Runaways is in there.
0: It also looks like Iron Man.
1: Yeah, Iron yeah. Man's in there. I think Cap. I think I saw him in there as well. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, sounds pretty fun. I mean, those yeah. are some good names. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, we like those names. Except yeah.
1: one of them. Um, uh, I don't mind Nico that much. I don't know Nico. I don't know if I <laughs> like her or not, but uh
0: probably not what I was referencing. Oh ah, yeah. Do, hmm. do. One might say definitely not what I was referencing.
1: <laughs> Anyways.
0: Yeah. That's really cool though.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh I have to keep my, my eyes posted for that one and see what else comes of it.
0: I, I will, but I will definitely blink in the meantime because that doesn't come out until March, you said.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. yeah. Hell it's almost September. I mean, March really isn't that far away. Uh, it's unfair how true that is. Yeah. I mean,
0: time used to work differently as a kid. Damn. It's unfair how time fucks with you more as an adult. Yeah. Because like a month feels like a weird week.
1: That's it all it is. It yeah. just feels like a weird week now. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's, uh, that's pretty accurate. Mm-hmm. I think it has a lot to do with, because I thought about that a lot myself. I'm like, maybe it's because as a child, you don't have a lot to compare anything to. Yeah. And so shit just seems longer. And then as an adult, the more years you've experienced, the more quick those shits go by. I don't know. You know what it is? As a kid, you're looking forward to
0: more shit. Christmas is coming oh, yeah, up. Yeah. You're looking forward to it. It comes slower when you really want it, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. There it is.
0: As an adult, you're just like, I ain't looking forward to that shit.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fucking capitalism, Christ. <laughs> don't want to listen to no more Gum Mariah Carey songs <laughs> or Michael Buble or Michael freaking Buble. <laughs> uh, but with that being said, homies, I hope you guys enjoyed that 15 minute uh, cold open. <laughs>
2: uh,
1: but welcome. With some Hot takes. Welcome back to another episode of the superhero homies podcast. My name is Quentin. And as always, I am here with the homie, Kevin. Ladies and gentlemen, boys
0: and girls, here we are loyal to the intro even well after an extended prologue. I hope you're doing good today, man. How How, how is that? How are you doing?
1: Uh, I am doing, my friend. I am oh, doing. Yeah. Yes. Same here.
2: Mm. Same
0: here. I I, uh, I joked with you about this off mic. Um, I was debating grabbing some caffeine for this, but, bro, it's already kind of late. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, I, I've won it, but at the same time, I'm good. I, I got a second wind. I'm ready to go. And, brother man, to where dost we go today? What are we talking about? Hit him. Hit him with the facts.
1: Well, today we are doing a more in-depth dive on a book that now we have both read, and that book is Kill or Be Killed. Amen. This is a book that uh, uh, we've mentioned it a few times. Uh, the first time I mentioned it was a few months back when I was first reading through it. Yeah. Uh, and uh, uh, When he's... Uh, the, the point in time Q is
0: referencing is actually one of the first episodes we did, this uh this genre uh that being q's reading corner you know where we kind of discussed the the current uh books and and comic titles on your palette and uh killer be killed was one of the the you know the outstanding ones that you had mentioned and it was one that piqued my interest enough that shortly after said episode i took a trip to the library q's you know bookshelf (laughs) and actually borrowed up the book finished it and uh yeah man We definitely got to talk about it.
1: Yes. Mm. Uh, So, Killer Be Killed is an image book and uh, it is written by Ed Brubaker and drawn by Sean Phillips. Uh, Those two are quite the duo. They've done a lot of work together. Uh, And Killer Be Killed is arguably one of their best, uh, if not uh, their best work together. Yeah. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah.
2: yeah.
1: Uh, Killer Be Killed is, is a great, great read. Um, I have heard it uh compared to a combination of Death Note meets breaking bad. Uh I have heard mm-hmm. and uh you know I like the and like the more I thought about that uh that comparison, the more I liked it and then the more envious I became that I didn't think of that one myself. Yeah. Uh it's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And uh, you know, there's there's been like a lot of people out there who have compared uh what Killer Be Killed is uh, to Death Note. There has been a lot of comparisons to that that I've yeah. seen. And, uh, I mean, I think they're both really fucking great reads.
0: They are? Yeah. I mean, Death Note is is a pretty interesting, very creative story of mm-hmm. a very uh, dark tale, which had a lot of thought, a lot of brain power invested in it, yes. which is awesome. You, mm-hmm. you love seeing such passion to the project like that. What was it like? Uh, obviously, it was a manga, and then what was it like? Uh, two seasons. I want to say they wrapped up the story successfully in two seasons, but it was a, it was a great
1: story. Mm. Yeah, I know they had a couple movies. Really? Uh, oh yeah, I never heard
0: about Death Note movies. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay.
1: Yeah. Uh, cool. when, you, when you said seasons, I didn't know if you meant like like the movies or no. I meant the seasons. Yeah, because that's I mean, all I know. No, about, there's there's yeah. some uh, uh, anime as well.
0: Yeah, two seasons of oh, the anime. Okay. Yes, gotcha.
1: yes, yeah. Yeah. Yep.
0: Cause I have Oh, that's right. There that was live action shit. Mm-hmm. That's what you're referencing. No wonder my brain said, no, nah, I don't know what you're <laughs> talking about. I thought you meant like continuations of the animated story, not the live action take on it. Which I don't know, man. I got scarred on that shit after trying Dragon Ball and then <laughs> fucking Avatar. Like, man, ain't this some dog horse? And that's a creature that don't exist. It shouldn't. A dog horse.
1: <laughs> and I
0: guess Irish Wolf Hand will be the closest thing. But anyways.
1: And you know, I've had I had a, a really fun time reading uh, you know, through Death Note, you know, when I first got it. And uh I do have to say this, and this is no slight uh to, to anyone or to any of their creators. Okay. Um but okay. I would say an and edge, in my opinion, that Killer Be Killed has over Death Note would be the fact that, and again, this is, I think, just a, a difference in, in, in taste and, and, and in style was reading, but that is uh, to the surprise of no one, Death Note is very much very much Japanese anime manga, meaning that a lot of people can do things just because they can. Like, th- th- there's a lot of wonderkins in that right
0: right? And and it's no surprise you bring that up because there's uh, many instances where you've actually voiced similar um, observations and even uh, you know um, critiques about the story like that. Because I-, I thought for sure you were going to word it differently because we both had the same idea. I was guessing what you were going to say. You obviously knew mm. what you were going to say. Um, I, was, I was about to fulfill, like, hey, if you asked me to say on mic like what you wanted to say just then, my wording of it would have been like, oh, one of these is a much more grounded, realistic story, whereas the other one, because all the characters mm-hmm. in Killer Be Killed really exist. Yeah, they feel like real people. They're real human beings, yep. yes. Not no real human beings who just so happened to be the the fucking like uh five hundred IQ uh
2: Yeah amazing but, at
0: everything they do. Oh wait, what's this? There's a second five hundred IQ son of a bitch
1: <laughs> who's my direct opposition. Exactly.
0: Oh, and they're both masters at tennis for some fucking reason. Both masters at moment. tennis, both yeah.
1: incredibly intelligent, both, you know, kids. One of them is a fucking detective. Like, there's there's a lot. There's a lot of, well, actually, <laughs> and I am. Yeah.
0: yeah. It's, yeah. And, 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 and you know, you're totally right about that. It's, it's convenient and very anime style mm. when it's like, man, thank goodness you're such and such. <laughs> man, you're such an ugly, fat-ass kid. But thank goodness you're so great with guns and
1: you're able to stop the zombie horde or whatever the case, you know? I mean, it's like, uh, it's, 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 it's part of the, uh, I, I get it, it's part of the yeah, anime, yeah. manga, and kind of. And there's a lot of... of draw on that. Oh, yeah. And
0: I totally get it. Mm-hmm. But when comparing the two stories, that's just one thing that stands as a glaring difference. Hell yeah. And that's one thing that works for
1: the betterment of mm-hmm. Killer Be Killed. I agree. Hell yeah, yeah dude. Yeah. So I just want to put that out there. And again, that's not to put down uh, Death Note at all. No. I, again, I really enjoy Death Note. I cannot stress that enough.
0: You love to hate light.
1: Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. He he's a, a
0: great character.
1: Yes. So no offense there at all. Please. Fucking sociopath
0: for sure. <laughs> <laughs> great sociopath. <laughs> yes. Oh man. Yeah. Uh, but it, it, it is. Uh, yes. I, th- I I haven't thought about that story in a minute. So yeah, good story. Uh takes uh, me back. Oh yes, back to my anime days. Mm. They weren't long days.
1: <laughs> um. Yeah, so the, when, when Killer Be Killed first came out, it was no surprise that people would make comparisons uh, because th- there are uh, definitely some comparisons to be had between Killer Be Killed and Death Note. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess, first of all, guys, so uh, I'm, I'm going to give a, a brief uh, description of what the story is. And then uh, after that, uh, beware because there will be some spoilers uh, that will be strewn about uh, our coverage of the story. Amen. Yeah, and uh, and also you know we're gonna keep it you know vague enough. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna make it specific enough so that you guys are gonna be tempted to go out and read this book, uh, but vague enough so that uh, you guys still have a need to read the book. Challenge accepted. Challenge accepted. Uh, yeah. So, kill or be killed, guys. It's a story about uh, this guy named Dylan. He's about twenty eight years old. He's had a few setbacks in life. Uh, His life isn't exactly what one would consider to be ideal. He is uh, still in college. Um, He has a uh, roommate uh, named Fuckface. I actually forgot his name. Yeah, me too. Matt? I want to say Matt or Mark.
0: I I want to say something with an M. Yeah, Yeah.
1: because M did sound very, very specific. Yeah. Uh, Shouldn't take me long here, but... um, Should be right
0: there in the beginning. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just kind of filibustering.
1: Hey, uh, Mason.
0: Oh, oh wow. yeah. yeah. I, I wouldn't
1: have remembered that. It wasn't them, though. So. It wasn't them. Kudos to both of us. Yeah, ones. yeah. Uh, yeah. So his roommate's name is Mason, and uh, and and Dylan and Mason, like they kind of like coexist. Uh, they're they're not enemies yeah. at the beginning of the book. You know, they're just you know kind of having their own thing going. I, I would argue acquaintances more than
0: friends. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. They uh, yeah. yeah, wouldn't used to work friends, definitely. Yeah, no. Uh, but they're, they're not enemies for sure. Uh, it's funny because
0: I think he even
1: said they were best friends, which is like, bro,
0: that's sad. Uh,
1: his best friend is Kira.
0: That's true. Yeah. Who we've yet to talk about.
1: Yeah. Uh yes. Good segue. Mm-hmm. Uh, his best friend is a girl named Kira. They were childhood friends, or or they and they've been friends for a long time, and uh, nothing romantic's ever happened, and. They don't really specify exactly when, but similar along the line, Dylan did develop some romantic interest in in his good friend Kira, uh, but she started dating Mason, Dylan's roommate, uh, which didn't do a whole lot of good for uh, Dylan's mentality, for his uh, his his own mental health. His mental health, which is not good, by the way. Uh, this this book of Nothing else, is also a giant PSA for uh, for mental illness and, and and you know getting help when needed. Yeah, uh, yeah, that that's definitely like a, a, a big kind of overlaying theme of this story. Uh, but what we also get here throughout the like the premise of the beginning of the story here is that we learn that Dylan suffers uh, from depression and and uh, a, a, a litany of, of other at times kind of unspecified uh, mental illnesses. Yeah, and. Uh, you know, come to find out, we'll get to this at a later point, but kind of runs the family. Mm-hmm. Um, but what we also learn here is that uh, when Kira, his childhood best friend, and you know his longtime bud, you know, begins dating uh, Mason, his roommate, this really drives his mental illness kind of even further down the drain, uh, because now he's feel like he's lost a friend. His relationship with Kira isn't the same as it was. Uh, whenever she comes over, it's not really to hang out with him; it's to kick it with, you know, Mason, the roommate. Mason. Yeah. Fucking Mason. Fucking Mason. <laughs> and, uh, and it's so funny because, like, is is Mason a bad guy? Not really. Nah. He's, nah. But he, yeah. <laughs> you all know a Mason yeah. out there, as we'll come to discuss. But yeah. Yeah. Um. You know, it's funny because if this story, if we got like a, a a section of this story that was told from his viewpoint. We probably say, man, that fucking Dylan is a weird kid, man. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> you and I both be like, man,
0: you, you ever meet that kid, and you just know he's gonna shoot up a school. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Not a funny subject, but, but <laughs> uh, no, we didn't laugh at that.
1: <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, but Damn no. you, humor. <laughs> uh, but what ends up happening is that uh, uh, one day. Uh, not Mason, but uh, Dylan, he overhears Kira and Mason talking about him and about how just sad and pathetic Dylan's life is. Mm. And this is kind of like the final straw because there have been moments uh, in like the previous weeks where Kira had kind of been making moves on Dylan behind Mason's back. So it's kind of like this whole kind of uh, love triangle going on, the, the shit that no one really wants to be in, but you find yourself in anyway. Uh, and, and mm-hmm. so like, after all of this Dylan thinks that he has a chance to be with Kira and then he realizes oh no maybe I just don't yeah. uh, but so what ends up happening is that uh, Dylan he decides he's had enough uh, he's lost faith in society he, there's just so much fucking evil and wrongdoing in the world and like his small slice of his pathetic life is just uh, another thing to add upon the heap and so he decides he's going to end it all. So he goes up to the roof, top of his New York building that he lives in. And he jumps off. But then once he jumps, he realizes that, oh, shit. Actually, I don't want to do this. Yeah, he, he opened those eyes and got the view from halfway down. Realizing that he wants to live, uh, he just frantically thinks and, and hopes. And maybe part of him even prays that, hey, I want to fucking live. I immediately regret this decision. Yes. And through just a miraculous haphazard set of circumstances, uh, whether they be hitting the, uh, uh, like the, the, the patio sections of the buildings on the way down, as well as clotheslines landing in a giant heap of New York snow. He survives. Dylan survives the fall. And when he arises, that dirty New York snow, and it is dirty, trust me. Dylan has a new lease on life. This man now is just full of adrenaline, so excited, so happy to be alive. He just knows now that maybe everything can be okay. Uh, and so with this new leash on life and this just adrenaline rush that he has going on, he just Goes back upstairs to his room. You know, Kira and, and Mason and Warner are like, "Hey man, what's going on?" And he's like, "Don't worry about it right now." Just mm. he goes right into his room, and he's just kind of coming down from that euphoric high that he just experienced from a near-death experience, uh, or as Tyler Durden would say, a near-life experience. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and 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 while he is is in this state of quasi-bliss, yeah. Uh, He is happened upon by what can only be described as a demonic evil force. Mm -hmm. This demon presents itself to Dylan and says, you said that you would do anything. You said that you wanted to live. I gave you that. But in return, I need a life for a life. This demon proposition isn't the right word because proposition uh that, that, that kind of insists that there's a choice.
2: Uh, yeah,
0: no. It's like you signed a bad contract mm-hmm. and didn't read the fine print. <laughs>
1: yeah, welcome to hell. Welcome to hell. Uh, yeah, so this, this demon says to Dylan, uh, You owe me a life every month. You owe me a life, meaning you need, to, you need to kill someone. You need to mm-hmm. kill someone every month to repay the debt that I gave you. And there's no uh, no expiration date on this, by the way. <laughs> it goes on for as long as you are. Yeah, yeah. And Dylan, and, and you know, this is the part where I I really um want to constantly give Brew Baker credit uh, throughout this, and, and that is the fact that uh, Ed he 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 doesn't try to make the reader feel stupid or or try to assume that the readers are stupid. And what I mean uh, by that is immediately uh Baker. the way he writes Dylan is Dylan's like okay, logically speaking you you're not real. Nope. I mean,
0: I, yep. I, my brain's all fucked up. Yeah. I probably hit my head. This mm-hmm. is a concussion and you are a uh, hallucination. Mhm. Yeah. Like he he again, and again you know, I've said this a couple times already. You'll hear this, I'm sure, tonight. This is one of the best things about this book; it's very grounded. Yes, and that strengthens the story so well.
1: Right? Yeah, and, and like the, the the grounded nature of the book, you know, it really does make it feel so much. It, it's it's easier to get immersed in a book like this. And by the way, guys, yeah. this uh, like like I will say this also: like the the demonic force. Besides that, there's not a whole lot of you know weird supernatural shit that goes on here no. there there are no superpowers there are no <laughs> no MacGuffin, like uh, yeah.
0: artifacts
2: uh, no. test
1: wreck,
0: infinity fuck <laughs> you yeah. <cubes>, you know <laughs> yeah there's
1: none of that here fuck you fuck you oh gosh
0: um yeah man and, and like you were saying too i love how Brute baker and well put by the way i love how Brute baker does not think the reader's stupid. He presents the story naturally Mm-mm. and just expects you to be able to read along and stay for the ride. Yeah. Yeah. And it's great. It's such a great ride. Yeah, yeah. it is. Yeah. All the characters are their own and they're presented so well. Yeah. Agreed. And, and wh- what are we in? We're not even that deep in the book yet. We're just like... Yeah, no, I'm still going over the premise. Yeah. Like, literally, <laughs> you're, you're reading the back of the, the, the fucking... The paper jacket that's like advertising the book, so you can buy it, oh, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah the dust jacket, yeah, all that dust uh, <laughs> but but like it's it's interesting here because i'm I'm on the page now in the book where I'm, where I'm looking at it, where we're is like, no, you want me to kill bad people, but what does it even mean bad, and it, because again, like it's, it's not a a blanketed statement, you yeah. know, like good and bad, like there's. No, I mean, it's like the whole yin-yang thing. Nobody's all good. Nobody's all bad. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I mean, hell, you could catch me on a bad day, and I'll fucking look like Frieza or Thanos, you know. Not that bad. I'm not genocidal, but you get the point. I was about to say, that was a that was a very bad comparison. Or, we'll move on. Or what? I said, or, we'll move on. Yeah. You no. Know? Yeah. Uh, but, like, as soon as Dylan, you know, as, as he has his first encounter with this, this hulking demon, you know, Dylan says, you know, th- this can't be real. This has got to be, like, all in my head. Like you said earlier, Kevin, like, maybe it's a concussion where I hit my head on the way down or, like, I'm, I, I have this, you know, this extreme fucking high from having that near-death death experience. Mm-hmm. It could be a litany of things. And then the demon grabs his arm and fucking breaks it and goes, it. Just to solidify that no, I am real, you will acknowledge me, you will <laughs> bring me souls, essentially. That's what to do it. Yeah. Yeah. And then also on top of that, again, Brew Baker doesn't make you feel dumb, but he he does keep it ambiguous for quite some time as to the nature of this being. Mm-hmm. Uh, but after Dylan, you know, has his arm broken by this demon, like in the following days, he's like, okay, well. Theoretically, I could have broken my arm on the fall and still have just hallucinated this whole thing. Yeah. And I'm like, shit, that's, that's a good point. And both are totally logical. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to, yeah. Uh, well, one's a little more logical than the other. Uh, I hope that a lot of well, you are both, not.
0: Both are within reason that they equally had chances of happening. Yeah. Well, so, there it is. So there it is. But let me retract <laughs> and follow through in a more detailed, more accurate statement. Mm. There you go. <laughs> Demon's you know, I, illogical. Who are you? I
1: stubbed my toe on my bedpost last night. Goddamn demon. <laughs> Hit my toe. <laughs> you hear me from the other room? No. You just stumbled. Uh, Don't be a bitch. Um, so yeah, now at this point, that's, that's kind of the premise now yeah. uh, of the book, and that is that Dylan has to find quote-unquote bad people and kill them at least one a month to stave off the demon. And if he does not, then uh, it is suggested that Dylan will be killed by this demon. Mm -hmm. I will say this also before we leave the premise area. Also, something else that's quickly uh, touched upon is what happens if Dylan just ignores it. Because what the fuck? Like, if if this thing is fake, and if it's all in his head, then he should just ignore it, right? Probably go get some medical help or whatever, and then yeah. But what ends up happening is that as the days grow closer to that month mark, Dylan gets ill, and then violently ill, and the doctors don't know what's wrong with him. Which leads Dylan to think, "Oh shit, maybe there is something to this." Yeah, and he keeps seeing the demon in in different places. In uh, a few instances, the demon even talks
0: to him more. It's like, yeah. yo, man, collection day is coming. Yep. You uh, you get that paycheck yet? Rents <laughs> due, motherfucker. Mm-hmm. I'm
1: coming for that ass. Damn, demons! It's don't a, be so aggressive. It's a direct quote. Yep. Uh, so that is the premise for a killer be killed. Now, uh. I love, uh, you know, kind of stories like that. First of all, I love crime dramas and I love psych- psychological thrillers. Yeah. And this is kind of the two wrapped in one.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, our protagonist is, he's an everyman. You know, meaning that he's, uh, he's not a James Bond. Uh, he's, he's not a, uh, you know, he's not a John Wick. Uh, you know, he's, he's not an enemy character. He's, he's an everyman. Meaning yeah. that, anyone could be this character essentially uh there's like i'm not saying that he's woefully you know uh pitiful but there's nothing extremely uh there's nothing that really stands out about him as far as like any super talents or anything like that he just seems like a like a normal person he's no wonder kid yeah no yeah no wonder kid um and so that's really what I think is another driving factor for this story is the fact that this is a guy who just has a fucking rough life and now this shit has come upon him.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, now I want to take a pause from there and talk a little bit about the uh, the artwork by Sean Phillips. I feel like I would, uh, we'd, not, we'd not be doing this story justice if we didn't talk about the artwork here. Yeah, dude.
0: Yeah, definitely.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh the artwork here in Killer Be Killed is uh absolutely fantastic. Uh it is it, it has like this real awesome level of realism. And and all the characters here, not only do they feel like people in terms of how they're written, but they look like people too. Yeah. Um I don't want to call out anybody, but I will. Uh like if you look at like a lot of the current artists at Marvel, like like look at like the the newest issue, mm. of fucking whatever on the Marvel shelf, and you will you you'll see fucking whatever. Yeah, <laughs> they're really getting lazy with them names. Bro. Oh, absolutely, yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. Fucking whatever. Just read it, man. Uh, Disney's is <laughs> like,
0: did, did we approve this? Where's <laughs> Feige at? Uh
1: But uh the, the artwork in a lot of uh modern day comic books, they just kind of look. I mean, a, a lot of it looks good, but some of the modern stuff actually looks kind of shit. Yeah. Uh, but but here in Killer Be Killed, though, the artwork here looks... I'm not saying that it's not like Alex Ross photorealistic painted style, but it has its own sense of realism about it here in this book.
0: It does. It accompanies the writing style of uh, Baker so well. Yes. They, they really accent each other
1: and go hand in hand. Right. Yeah. And, uh, you know, like... Um, I'll put this here. And again, uh, Jim Lee, like he's one of my favorite, uh, one of my favorite artists. But uh, one one complaint that people had about him, especially in his earlier days, was that all of his women kind of looked the same. Uh, Maybe just like with a different hairstyle and outfit. Uh, Now, of course, you know, obviously that's that's debatable, but uh, it has been a a critique against him. Mm. Uh, I just used that to compare to Sean Phillips here, where. All of his characters look distinct, like, like distinct individuals. They right. all look like people who you would potentially actually meet one day. Everyone has
0: numerous different uh, features, um, yeah, facial features, and mm-hmm. even changing
1: features. You know, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, it it really does add to uh, to the whole allure of this book here. Uh, but also, it's not just the uh, just the artwork, but it's also the 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 colorist as well. Um, I don't know who colored or who inked it, but uh, they also did a grow colors by Elizabeth uh, Britwiser. There we go. Yeah, yeah. What so shout say? out to Elizabeth
2: yeah. Miss
1: um, Uh She did a phenomenal job here with the colors. Um, yeah. So that is kind of the that is the the basic premise for Killer Be Killed here. Mm-hmm. Um, now, uh, I'm curious to get your thoughts about this, and I think this is like a, a, a good. Uh, Indicator also for the homies. Okay. And that is uh, what Bru Baker does here is that there's a lot of instances where he'll uh, present a moment in the life of Dylan and then Dylan will kind of put a pause in that moment and then explain how we got to said moment. Yeah. 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 Uh, That's hap- that fairly often. Yeah. Yeah. It happens fairly often here.
0: Yeah. Like almost the entire first half of the book, all the new chapters. Uh, open up like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or issues within the book. Excuse right. me.
1: And, uh, you know, it's, 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 I can see how that could frustrate some people, especially since uh, the very beginning of the book is technically a, uh, a pause moment where we get to in the latter section of the book. Right. Um, but if, if that style of storytelling frustrates you, like if you like your stories to be completely linear then this may be one that frustrates you, uh, yeah. because it's not told in completely linear fashion. Like you start off at one sp- at one point in the story, and then we'll go back and explain all the way up to how we got to set point.
0: Yeah, and and that's the thing. It, it's those moments too, though, mm-hmm. that one may and probably could successfully argue that Brute Baker uses that technique too much. Yeah. But at the same time, you can never argue that he doesn't use it well. Because every time he does it, take note that it also helps to develop and deepen our understanding of the overall attributes and the motivations of Dylan, the main protagonist. Because everyone puts you further and further deeper into his shoes, his life, his situation, his problems, his growth, his weaknesses, his uh, developing issues, whatever the case may be. Sure, it's used a fuck ton. And he yep. even makes fun of it himself a little bit in mm-hmm. tug in cheek moments, you know. But they're all very well used. So, you know, eh, one could say you used the hammer too much to build the house, but that's a fucking sturdy house. Sturdy ass house though.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh yeah, I think that's uh the perfect way to put it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's that's just how how it is here in this book. You know, like you said, uh, he he goes to the well quite often, but uh, I think it works. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. I guess just a disclaimer for anyone out there who's interested in the book—that's uh, something you need to know. So if you don't like that style of storytelling, then you know, be wary. But yeah, yeah, Th- those fun flashback
0: moments, mm. like uh, Morty, Morty made fun of it a little bit and Rick and Morty. Mm. You know, uh, the one lighthouse guard. Um, he wrote that weird ass fan fiction thing and then like Morty had to sit and listen on it you know oh and, uh, yeah, yeah yeah and yeah. then like Morty's critique was like I, 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 I don't know man I, I just kind of think we should start the stories where they start that's hard to do for a story so elongated with so many details mm-hmm. the flashback can be a pretty clutch tool to help really sell your story further while making it help or help to make it make more sense you know Yeah. Yeah. You got to know how to do it right. Also, yeah. also, so yes, yeah. dadgum very true. Cause some people use the flashback and it's like, okay, what the fuck are you doing? Are you trying to tell me another oceans
1: 13? Come on. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. If, if you so use you just your, as exactly. Yeah. Like if you use your, your, your flashback moments to inescapably get out of a situation that you have written yourself into, then yeah, you may, uh, that may not be the right trope for you. Yeah. Um, i tell you us does it a lot. Uh, and, and this is the, another story, another run that I thoroughly enjoyed. It was uh, uh, Brian Michael Bendis' Daredevil run. He does it a mm. lot in that. You know, I read through that run last year. And, uh, I mean, Bendis, he, he goes to that well. But, fuck, it was a great fucking ride. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, uh, it didn't really bother me that much. No, me neither, dude. Me neither. You know. I noticed it kept happening. Yeah.
0: But they were well told mm-hmm. and it helped to set up the narration style of the book so well which again helped us to understand our boy dylan in every segment of his journey and what he's going through
1: more deeply right yeah, yeah. uh so obviously dylan does have to kill here in this book otherwise yep. the story might have been a whole lot shorter
0: if he didn't the cover's a lie <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: Oh no! The cover still the truth. Kill or be killed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. So we can talk a, li- a little bit about uh, about the first kill, and then maybe like uh, if you have a, a, a favorite uh, kill or kill moment here in this book.
0: For sure.
1: Yeah. Uh, but uh, the first kill comes about. Uh, when Dylan's trying to frantically think about who the fuck can he murder, like who who deserves it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and it's it's interesting here because taking a step back, if the demon, let's say that the demon is all in his head and that it's not real, and let's say that uh, Dylan is, um, he's extrapolating like his own personal grievances with the world,
0: yeah. Because he does have quite a few grievances with the way things are. Uh, as as do many of us. Yeah. You know? Um, and he voices them so well and with so much articulation and clarity in this book. It really helps you to kind of, like, think in case you never had that, like, uh, awakening moment of, wow, just how dog shit is, you know, this corrupt uh, political side game or this... Uh, Blah 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 moment over here. Whatever have you?
1: No, yeah, yeah. but if if it's all, if it's all in his head, and if he's just, just extrapolating, you know, his own grievances with society, then you know that would essentially lead to you can come to the conclusion that okay, how then does one decide who to kill? How, how does one decide who has the authority to kill? Well, if you create uh, imaginative demon who's telling you that you have to kill them. That takes a lot of that pressure off of the other part of your subconscious. Yeah.
0: Oh, it, I mean, come on. That thing was making me do it. Yeah. What thing? That thing. Yeah.
1: yeah. And, you know, there's a point here in the book where Dylan, you know, he even says to himself, you know, maybe I would do this even if the demon didn't want me to not because I feel like I have you know. It's little pockets of dialogue like that. Yeah. That
0: really bind the book together. Mm-hmm. Not that it's not bound well. You <laughs> know what I'm saying. But it's really what helps to bind, like, the the ambidexterity of the story. You know? The, the is he, isn't he of his mentality. Right. You know? Didn't mean to make that rhyme. <laughs> uh, MC Kevin, everybody. In the house. Ooh-wee. Uh, no one comes out for that <laughs> album. No one. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's like, nah, you can put that back. <laughs> what is this? Bruce Willis singing? Nah, get out of here. Oof. I actually don't know if he sings well or not. I always heard he had an album. I, I never said I need to hear that, you know? So, I don't, it could well, be good. I know Rush Crowe has an album.
1: Moving on. Yep, we'll move on. Moving on. Uh, you know who does not have an album? This demon. Oh, really? Yeah, he does not have a demon. <laughs> He's not have <having> an album. <laughs> Let uh, me just wedge this segue yep. in here real quick. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anywho, so uh, talk a little bit about his first kill. Uh, this one was really interesting here, and it, it took kind of a dark turn here. Oftentimes throughout the story, Dylan will go uh, to his childhood home, to his mother's house. And, you know, it's here, like, the first time where he goes there, that we learn that his father uh, is, is deceased. Uh, his father was uh, apparently much older than his mother. And uh, his father also took his own life. Yeah. Um, uh, come to find out, the father had a, a litany of, uh, of, of mental, uh, mental health uh, problems and grievances that he was never, unfortunately, able to uh, overcome. And so the father ended up taking his own life. Uh, But the father was an artist of sorts and ended up uh, doing a lot of art for like soft core porn magazines back in the day just to kind of make money, even though that wasn't his real forte, what he wanted to do. It's kind of what the father still ended up doing to pay the bills. Um, But, you know, when Dylan was uh, went to go visit his mom, uh, just kind of clear his head. He ended up going through uh, some of the old stuff in his dad's clo in his dad's uh, studio or whatever his office, mm. and uh, it's here where he uh, he saw a, a picture that uh, brought him back to a memory that uh, he had kind of forgotten about, and uh, he had thought about one of his childhood friends. Uh, I forget the name of the friend, but when these two were, were young children, fuckface. His name was fuckface.
0: Well. I turned this into a fight club moment. His name was
1: Fuckface. His name it doesn't have the same rhythm. Mm, yeah. Uh but when Dylan and his young friend, you know, were uh were just young young kids, I, I think like around 5th grade or so, maybe younger. Uh they had come across like a, the the dad's kind of porn art collection that he had uh you know drew up and printed. And uh is here that uh, Dylan's friend reveals that uh, his friend's older brother would constantly molest him. Now, at that age, neither one of them, neither Dylan nor his friend, could really comprehend or understand what that was, what was really going on there. But of course, we as the readers, and adult Dylan looking back on that, could mm-hmm. quite understand how wrong that was, how what his older brother was doing to his friend. We told you the story uh, hit some adult themes. Dude. Oh yeah, Not, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't think we did, but it does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and then on top of that, it was years later where uh, Dylan's friend would kill himself. Uh, I think he uh, had had become addicted to some some hardcore drugs, and his life kind of took a, a real hard turn. And Dylan uh, attributed that to what his friend older brother would do to him and so uh, he decides that's going to be my first kill
2: mm-hmm.
1: and uh i believe he actually takes his dad's handgun and that may have actually been the reason why he went up there in the first place to his mom's but he yeah. his his dad had a, a old-fashioned like a little snub nose yeah yeah mm-hmm. i think it
0: was a, a little 38 yeah, yeah a little
1: 38 special and uh he he grabbed that and he decided he's going to look up his brother's or not his brother, but his friend's brother's location, his whereabouts, and uh, that's going to be the target. And this was really fucking interesting, uh, this first kill here, because eventually Dylan does work with the courage and he, he learns the location of this guy and he locates his old friend's older brother and uh, he confronts some pistol in tow. He's got he's masked up and everything. And uh, this guy looks like he's just living an average life, minding his own business, you know, just kind of in the nine to five. He doesn't look like a bad guy. In this moment, he's just a guy begging for his life. who doesn't understand why he's about to die. Yeah. And uh, Dylan pulls the trigger, kills him dead, and for a day or two, Dylan is really fucking hung up about this because he doesn't know if he did the right thing or not. Uh, he may have just killed the guy who was a piece of shit. Sure. But did this guy deserve death? And mm-hmm. then uh, shortly after this guy is killed, uh, it's revealed, uh, via the newspapers and internet that this guy actually had like a slew of child porn and that he had probably done a lot of other really terrible shit. To children. And now at this point, Dylan not only feels vindicated, Mm -hmm. but he now... This is really where he begins to feel encouraged that, okay, I made a difference where no one else did. And I didn't get caught. And I didn't get caught, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. Uh, And it it, it is so interesting to me how throughout this story, uh, it slowly translates from, I'm doing this because this demon is making me do it, to... I'm doing this because no one else will, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I think that's one of like the the best aspects of this story. And for Dylan, that's a character. Yeah, so I, I really enjoyed uh, that session there with the first kill. Yeah, dude. Yeah. yeah. And of course, uh, there's uh, obviously plenty of other kills as well, uh, because there has to be.
2: But
0: <laughs> uh, the book goes on more than a month. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, but eventually, throughout his killings, he ends up killing, uh, like, uh, going for like corrupt businessman. Uh, yeah. He ends up going for, uh, you know, like, uh, the p- other people who have committed what uh, he would consider to be extremely heinous crimes that are deserving of death because no one else would do anything about it. And it's so fucking cool to see uh, how Dylan maps out or how he strategizes these situations. How he executes them, and then how sometimes these plans hit snags, and how the fuck do I navigate my way out of this? Yeah. Uh, really fucking cool shit there. Uh, but also, on top of that, uh, he inquires the wrath of the Russian mafia. Yeah, that was, that was a cool cool addition to the book.
0: Yeah. That, that was that was actually a really smart thing to do. Mm-hmm. Uh really made the story multi
1: uh, layered. Yes. And and, and that's just kind of like one of the threats. So that's a known threat is yeah. the Russian mafia. Eventually, very quickly, he realizes that oh shit, I have attracted the wrong attention. Uh but on top of that, there is an unseen threat and the uh in the guise of a detective who is studying these killings and slowly piecing together that this may all be done by one lone person, and then once uh Dylan gains a reputation, or you know, as this mass vigilante gains a reputation, yeah, yeah. Uh this detective becomes, you know, even more engrossed about figuring out who this mass killer is and bringing him to justice. I'm trying to remember, what does the city call the
0: killer? Uh, because uh, I know he wears a red mask. Um, I don't know, but yeah, like either. eventually he is kind of seen as a vigilante. Where it's like some people support the killings because, like, yeah, he's just killing pieces of shit. Let him go. And then others like, no, he's killing. You know, a very age old question. Like, it, are they just if they're murderers of wrongdoers? You know, mm-hmm. if they're want to be Frank Castles, yeah. Um, which is fun to explore, too. You know, the book does a great job of talking about it. Um, I don't know. I don't remember the name of the the, the, the vigilante name he gave. I don't know. Yeah. 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 Uh, doesn't matter.
1: Uh, yeah, he, he does kind of uh, divide the city a bit, but uh, it does also seem that most people are a little terrified. Maybe that's because, hell, what does he draw the line at exactly? You know? <laughs> Uh, I mean, you didn't Dylan a parking ticket, right. Back. <laughs> right? It's like Dylan knows, but uh, how about the rest of these people, right? And uh, I, I do think that I do like the uh, the Frank Castle comparison you made because I think that is uh, pretty apt. Um, because in a lot of ways, Dylan is more like a a toned down, more realistic version of the version of the Punisher. Yeah, you know he he picks his targets and he goes out and he executes.
0: Yeah, he researches pretty well, actually. He does. Because he, he definitely, like, talks about in great detail multiple targets. Um, and, yeah, there's there's a lot of, like, as you're reading it, like, man, does this guy deserve to die? The way he's describing him, it sure does. But then, remember, this story does such a great job of exploring, you know, um, both sides of the coin. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, earlier i think you asked me like what was one of my favorite
1: killings mm-hmm. the coffee shop
0: bathroom because uh,
1: literally yes. that was just kind of like map that guy's entire schedule yeah
0: yeah literally and then it happened because he went for a coffee on a date yep and he's like uh, uh, uh give, give me a minute I'm sorry i didn't hear a single word you said i think i knew that guy I'll, I'll be right back. And just like, oh, yeah, this is this corrupt politician bullshitter. Oh, no, I think it was a corrupt lawyer.
1: Something I like that. I think yeah, he was yeah. a lawyer. I think yeah, it was a yeah, yeah, lawyer. Yeah, I yeah. think it was
0: the lawyer in this case. There was a politician, but yeah. this guy, the coffee restroom bathroom, that was ripped down. The <laughs> yes, the coffee bathroom was the lawyer. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, dude, literally, like, lawyer's taking a piss. Stall's locked and closed. Lawyer's starting to wash his hands. Uh, the the panel, the angles actually go into the stall, and you just see Dylan, masked up, uh, hooded up with the, his uh, killer instinct, ready to go. And sure
1: enough...
0: In fact, the next page, I believe, yeah, you see just like, he's masked up, sitting on the John, just like, oh boy, here I go a killing again. You know, and yeah. Before the lawyer can even finish his sentence. Bang. Right there. And what's great is it's a fucking coffee shop. You know there's people in
1: there. He's mm-hmm. just like alright, gotta do what I gotta do. Yep. And then he
0: gets away. Yeah.
1: Well, no, Actually, this is Fair. part where he, he hits a, kind of a snafu oh, okay, because there's okay. cops here. Oh no, that, that's yeah. the
0: thing. That's the impressive part. Because the cops are like, I'm sorry,
1: was that a shotgun in the bathroom? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Maybe we should investigate that.
1: Yeah. And uh, yeah, so he definitely hit like kind of a kind of a, a serious snafu there because he had everything mapped out perfectly to even down to the time where not only did he knew this man would be in the coffee shop at a certain time, mm-hmm. but he also knew that this man went to the bathroom at said coffee shop after having lunch.
2: Yeah.
1: And so like uh, he just really had, you know, uh, everything mapped out perfectly to the fact where he knew where, that he would toss his bag in through the side window of the bath mm-hmm. of the building in the bathroom. Uh, his bag containing all of his stuff, you could walk in as a normal civilian, uh, take the the stuff out of the bag, like his his get-up and his shotgun, and uh, kill the guy and then escape through that same window. Yeah. Uh, I mean, hell, on paper, plan works like a charm, but on paper, the plan doesn't include there being police officers.
0: Nope. Yeah. Actually, I think he went in through the restroom originally, too. Instead of walking in through the coffee shop, because yeah, he, yeah, if he did the latter, he would have seen the cops sitting there like eating their uh, donuts and getting their coffee.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, I think yeah. you're right. Yeah, yeah.
0: Didn't mean for that to come off stereotypical. I just realized, like, I just inadvertently made a, a stereotype
1: joke. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, there it is. <laughs>
1: yeah. Uh, And as a matter of fact, um, I think also that this is an instance where we hit another one of those moments we talked about earlier where, uh, like, this issue ends with, of course, Dylan getting the kill he wants, but then he's confronted by the cops, guns drawn. Mm -hmm. But then, next chapter oh, no, I was wrong. Next chapter, it does continue on. Okay. Okay. There is a chapter here where he's in a very similar situation, high tense, what the fuck happens next? And then it's kind of a. Well, let me tell you how I got to this point. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> Sounds about right.
1: Yes. Um, yeah, so it's pretty fucking impressive here what he does. Uh, he does try to make it a point, though, at no point ever, does he ever kill uh, any cops. Uh, so he, he doesn't want to, you know, he, he, he has some morals, a vigilante with morals and standards. Yeah. He's got a code. Which, you know.
0: I guess you could argue argue is a vigilante. In general? I don't know. I can't think about it. Eh. yeah um, Mayhaps. Mayhaps. Yeah. Although I'm pretty sure Frank Castle, depending on who's writing him, doesn't give a fuck if he goes cop or not.
1: Yeah, he's kind of like, you know, if you're in my way, then you're against my code. <laughs> <laughs> Basically.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, so, Dylan does have a lot to combat right now. So, I mean, as a matter of fact, it's after this kill that, like, the city goes into a lockdown of sorts. Uh, not like, a, uh, not like a, a COVID quarantine lockdown, but like a, you know, there's kind of like a curfew in the city. Or there's like, uh, you know, th- there's a lot of cops patrolling the streets now. Uh, they're making it known in the papers that, hey, we're looking out for this mass vigilante. Uh, they, they're doing uh, stop and searching on people. Uh, they're bringing that law, law that law back, like uh, the stop and frisk. Um, so anyone who has like any kind of conspicuous bags, like the cops can just stop them. So, you know, this is really potentially uh putting a hamper in uh in, in Dylan's plans. Uh, but it's really when he encouraged the wrath of the uh, Russian mafia, uh, where shit really begins to get. Uh, out of out of hand for Dylan, mm-hmm. uh, because up until that point he had gotten pretty pretty good, uh, all things considered, at his uh, vigilanteism. You know he had gotten pretty pretty slick with it. He he had done his research and all of that. But now yeah. dealing with the mafia, you're dealing with a whole nother.
0: Yeah, uh, very dedicated people who are aware that there's a pest mm-hmm. who's out there taking shit out. Whereas these other guys were unaware, literally one finished taking a piss. Yeah, yeah, and that's mm-hmm. that. And now it's like, oh, there's a guy who's killing our kind out there, all of our Russian brethren. Let's go stop him.
1: Yeah. And uh, you know, I think one of my favorite kills was with one of the uh, one of the Russians. It was a fucking cold blooded kill. Uh, this was uh, there were several of the Russians he killed cold blooded. Uh, but the one in particular was the Halloween kill, and uh, this is when he and Kira was supposed to just kind of go out, uh, you know, uh, for like a little Halloween party. Yeah. And I think he got like a mask, like Richard Nixon. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so he's masked up, you know. He's he's got his right. <laughs> he's he's got his Halloween get up on. So if you don't know him, then you can't tell who he is. Uh, but there's this. Uh, this guy who walks in, uh, and, into uh, I forget which building it was, but he walked, this guy who walks in and he goes, uh, he's looking for Kira and, uh, wasn't it the coffee shop again? I, I don't know. I mean, you not uh, but he asked about Kira and Dylan quickly deduces that. Okay. I'm pretty sure that Kira doesn't know this guy. And I'm pretty sure that guy is a fucking Russian. Uh, and he goes, he's looking for Kira to get to me. Because at this point, in the story, spoiler alert, the Russians had found out who uh, this mad vigilante is. But uh, as Dylan and as the readers can easily deduce, the reason why the, uh, the mafia doesn't go to the cops is because of the fucking mafia. And, and even, if, uh, even if they did want to turn Dylan in, that means that they wouldn't get their revenge. Right. Um, so they definitely wanted Dylan for himself. So they knew that it was a guy named Dylan, uh, who, you know, bought, uh, off, uh, we'll say off-brand pharmaceuticals from a drug dealer. Uh, they were able to extrapolate that much information and what that's a, all they fucking needed.
0: What a politically correct way to say he
1: bought drugs. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny, man. Like if, uh. If, if if you uh, smoke a lot of marijuana, then people call you a pothead or whatever. But, I'm like, meanwhile, they're taking a bunch of Xannies and Adderalls. And I'm like, what do I fucking call you? I know, right? <laughs> yeah, man. Um,
2: yeah.
1: uh, and that's kind of, like, a, another small thing that Dylan talks about here. Because he he does get – he talks about how fucked up the health system is, too. Like, uh, mm-hmm. the, the, or the medical – Hey, man. Yeah. Preach it, man. Preach Which it uh, it, uh, it definitely is, definitely is. Um, yeah, th- there's a lot of uh, a lot of social cues and commentary at play here in this book. Yeah, you guys couldn't tell.
0: It's pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty awesome.
1: Uh read but the yeah, book. Uh, the, the the kill though, the Halloween kill. This guy who asked about Kira, who Dylan, uh, through you know uh, eavesdropping and, and putting two and two together, is able to realize this guy is with the Russian mafia. Um, he. Uh, Approaches the guy in his car, and uh, Dylan, again, he's masked up so the Russian can't tell who it is. And uh, Dylan says to the guy, like, uh, so uh, you, uh, you're looking for uh, Kira? And the guy goes, uh, yeah. And and Dylan, uh, he goes, why are you looking for her? And, and he, he gives some kind of bullshit answer that Dylan knows is bullshit, but mm-hmm. it's just enough to know that, okay, this guy needs to go. And uh, he had grabbed a knife from the kitchen in the restaurant that he was just in stabs the guy in the neck, uh, cleans the knife off, throws in the trash can and walks away. Mm. And uh, it was fucking, it was a a beautiful cold blooded mess. Yeah. Yeah. I really love that. Uh, What I also really enjoy about this book too, is that um, we kind of touched on this early, but like in the beginning, when he's being coerced by the demon, we see the demon a lot more, but as the story progresses, we start to see the demon a little bit less and less, and he he'll pop up here and there, but really, once the ball gets rolling, the demon kind of just standing back metaphorically.
0: Yeah, that's true.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh you know, it's like, how do you say a lot with a little, you yeah. know. um yeah, so uh, let's go ahead and get to like the, uh, the the third act here of this story here, where uh, Dylan, after attacking his roommate Mason, because uh, <laughs> that's what friends do. That's what friends do. Uh, Dylan is uh, is put in a uh, what do you call it?
0: Psychiatric ward. That's the. That's the. That's.
1: Now, it's like, what do you call it? One Flew of the Cuckoo's Nest. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, he's put in a psych ward. <laughs> yep. Excuse me. And uh, it's here where he gets up to more shenanigans, but we also realize that there is a copycat killer.
0: Yeah. But um, this one doesn't have the same rules. It sounds very familiar, especially to our comparisons. Of death Note. Fucking uh, Death Note. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um, I I mean I I completely I, I would not be surprised at all if Brew Baker drew some inspiration from Death Note, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um,
0: Especially how the
1: second killer was
0: akin to the second Death Note killer in that this one may or may not have shared the same moral mm-hmm.
1: code. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, like that—that's the interesting thing here uh, because the uh, the detective who had been kind of following the, the killings of the mass vigilante. Like she was the only one who was able to piece together. Like, are we sure that this is the same guy because his methods and modes of killing aren't the same. You know, I don't know how many times we've
0: encountered that mentality in storytelling, mm-hmm. you know, j- just to withdraw us real quick from, mm-hmm. the, from the subject matter. Um, where there's, like, a killer out, and they're doing this and that, and it's all bad, but they have rules, and they kill a certain way. They leave, like, a certain calling card or, you know, code of ethics, whatever have you. But then the killings happen again in a totally, like, similar, very identical way, but then somehow there's just enough detail off that at least one cop or detective, whomever, like... the the other protagonist is, let's just face it, is able to decide, nah, that's whack. It ain't the same person. It's a second person, a copycat. Mm -hmm. It's like, how many times have we run into that now? Because in the moment, it would would be nowhere near as easy to decide, okay, yeah, this is definitely a different killer. No. You know, It, it, it wouldn't be. Yeah. It really wouldn't be like that. That's not like everyone's first guess whenever you play Clue, you know? Come mm-hmm. on, yeah. But I don't know, it, it's just interesting, man. Yeah, um, yeah. But again, the yeah. story has to progress one way, the story
1: has to progress one way, yeah. And, and there is sufficient evidence that it makes sense. Oh, if, yeah, if no, there uh, wasn't, if there wasn't, that's where you're like, no, yeah, no. Right. how'd you put this together? Yeah, uh, but the fact that like the the letter that was written was vastly different from the letter that Dylan wrote in the paper. Um, the fact that uh, the, the, the device he used to, to make the letter wasn't anywhere in the premises where they found the copycat killers. Uh, the MO didn't match. Um, I mean, the only thing that matched was like the visual appearance and the gun. Yeah. Uh, the
0: big thing, too, is that the copycat killer did not abstain from harming the police. No, in fact, he harmed anything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Which is like, no, bro, you missed the point. Right, we're playing baseball over here, and you're throwing a basketball. Come yeah. on,
1: yeah. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, yeah. So, and and also, it's at this point, like this detective doesn't feel like a protagonist. Definitely feels like an antagonist. Very much so. Yeah. From our, our
0: POV, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, because she, she's aiming for our boy Dylan. You know, we want, we want him to pull through this thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so now, right now, Dylan is, uh, is, is kind of screwed uh, because he's stuck here in the psych ward uh, trying to do what he can do to get better uh, so he can get out. Uh, but it's also interesting, again, because, like, right before we get the reveal that there's a copycat killer, he confesses to one of his psychiatrists that, hey, I'm the match vigilante. Mm-hmm. And, of course, the... Uh, the you know, the therapist laughs at him or well, the psychiatrist laughs at him and goes, No, there's a there's a there's a kill. Oh, right. there's that, still a killings yeah. happening. Yeah. yeah, there's still killings happening. Uh, he's still out there. And of course Dylan was like, What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Imagine uh, how insulted he would be like, No, what yeah. this was me. Yeah. Who was you? Right. Yeah. Stealing my fucking handiwork. Yeah. That's gotta be like one of the don't listen to me and my ways to catch like a murderer because that that is a good way to catch a murderer. You start murdering other people, pretending to be that original murderer, and that original murderer real will come out and be like, "Hey, that motherfucker's is trying to steal my know, right? steal my thunder." Right? That that's not how I do it at all. When I strangle people, okay, <laughs> I don't I don't break their necks first. No, I I, I go straight for the windpipe. Yeah, the guy holding <laughs> the camera.
0: Whoa.
2: <laughs>
1: uh yeah 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 wow um but no the uh, the third act for this book I also really enjoyed uh because there's a lot that transpires and here is it's part where I want to get like a, a little vague here for anyone who hasn't read yeah definitely. uh the book um but but let me ask you what you think about the uh the, the ending how do you how'd you like the ending
0: I thought it was very appropriate for this book um which uh give me some give me a little bit I'll, I'll expand mm-hmm. on that because that's a very blasé statement you know the ending just like the story flexes the ambidexterity of of everything the story's been about you know which is great because we see without getting into detail keeping it vague we see two different things happen you know I'm gonna leave that there mm-hmm. but I really think that's for the best you know Because you you get one ending, and you read it, and you read it like, okay, very cool, very cool. But then you're realizing, like, this other thing happening simultaneously. It's like, oh, wait, 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 oh. Oh, okay. And they're dramatically different from one another. But at the same time, one, for the first time in the story... Feels like a fantasy.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: One, for the umpteenth time in the story, feels like a realist continuation. Yeah. And it makes total sense, especially for the journey that we experience with our main man here, uh, Mr. Dylan. Um, I thought they were well put together. I'm not going to go into details, obviously, right, right. that that would be a very insulting thing to do. Especially... Because it's such a fun book to read, yeah. You know, so I'm not going to rub people of the punchline of the fun, but it is. I thought it was actually very tastefully done. I really like it. Now, nope, I'm not going to talk about that. Yet. Never mind. How yeah. did you think? Uh, what
1: did you think of the ending? No, I uh, I really dug the ending. Actually, mm. um, great, good, good. Yeah, uh, because. I feel like what we got was uh, it was like oh man so so this is happening this is how it ends and then it's like oh no this is how it goes down and then you know you realize that at some point okay this was mayhaps just what Dylan wanted to happen yeah uh, but now we see that this is what really went down yep and uh, it's it's super interesting man because like it's I mean. It is such an appropriate ending uh, for this story, and uh, I don't know how you do any. And you know, it's funny because, like, even um, uh, with what, what could be considered like you know the, the kind of uh, fake out uh, ending mm-hmm. that that we get, for lack of better terms, it's like even with that, I was like, oh shit, you know, okay, I, I see what's happening here. Yeah, and uh, and
0: you and you bought it. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah you're reading that, it yes. like. They, you, oh, you, okay, fuck yeah, yeah, cool. I, I can ride with this, right? Yeah, yeah, and you're like, oh, you know what, maybe, maybe not. <laughs> I know, right? Like, oh,
0: I I can go with this, I can go with this.
1: Turn a couple of pages, oh, yeah, huh, uh huh, <laughs> yeah, and uh, it, it felt uh, for me, it felt really appropriate though. I, I really dug um, the ending that we got here, and also how we got up like to that point. Uh, like the uh, uh, again, just speaking vaguely here, like the there's a really big climatic shootout uh, at the end that kind of dovetails right into uh, the the, the ending chapter, yeah. And uh, you know, it's that's it's great because you know, at this moment, it looks like maybe our boy Dylan has been. I mean, you've been found out, man, like you've been had, You, you are like somebody of official police authority now knows who you are and what you've done. Yeah. You are now a uh, commonplace talk around the water cooler. Yeah. Or at least with this one detective, you are true. true. Yeah. true, true. Yes. Um. And I also that conversation, that meetup was, was very powerful. I thought that I really enjoyed cool. that yeah. because when he was confronted by that detective, hmm. she technically had, she had a lot of evidence Love it was circumstantial but she had a lot of evidence but she didn't have him dead to rights. it exactly. wasn't it wasn't until she played on his emotions and asked why he was at the funeral for the for the dead drug dealer mm-hmm. and of course that really got at Dylan because he was like he he wasn't just a drug dealer he was my friend yeah and uh that's that's what got him it's like man that's and I guess that is like the, that's how you catch somebody, you know, you play on their emotions, get them to Yeah, the that,
0: that's why you gotta hide that shit. Yeah, you become a kingpin, drug lord, mass murderer, vigilante. <laughs> Not all of the above. That'd be a really confusing character. Yeah. just some of the above. <laughs> Please and thanks.
1: To my knowledge, I, I don't believe you ever so, sold drugs, in said book. No,
0: uh, no, yeah. no, no, yeah. no, no, no. He bought.
1: No. That he did. Uh yeah so like the way that this story ends again uh was was definitely like the story or the ending that the story needed I feel. Oh yeah agreed yeah and uh, I was uh, I was very very impressed by it all throughout uh I thought that it had a, a very consistent tone and pacing throughout the book even with all the uh the cuts and jump backs Oh yeah um there was only one time where I felt like the story maybe slowed down some uh but even then uh, I didn't mind it uh it was when we got a chapter that was or an issue that was pretty much dedicated to to Kira and exploring her past and like uh, her her upbringing with her father and the things that her mother did yeah um and again, like that uh it it did take us away from the main arc with Dylan, but it gave us an opportunity to learn and explore more about some of the side characters, mostly being Kira yeah um so I didn't really mind that honestly. Uh, I mean uh, yeah, I, I think that some people out there may have, but I uh, I didn't find any issues with that. Would you like to
0: see a sequel? Uh,
1: no. Uh, Brubaker really isn't even in the business of of sequels. Uh, he's like, no, I already wrote that story. Two. Yeah, yeah. Um, well,
0: it, hypothetically, if he offered it. And infringe the entire decision on
1: whether or not he was going to do it on your vote um yeah that's that's a tough one because like my vote is dependent on uh, on whether or not he thinks he can do it better and uh, if that
0: is such a great way to put whether or not a product should get a sequel mm. can you do it again but better yeah can you do it yeah. better can you follow it up? right yeah huh Wow, they say there's wisdom in the shortest of phrases. You know, when you can explain something simply,
2: mm.
1: that was simply said. Well, I am a very simple man, Kevin. <laughs> if nothing else, <laughs> Uh good night,
0: folks. We're done. <laughs> That's all.
2: <laughs>
0: I'm not disappointed. Uh. This is this is okay. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, yeah. I guess uh, I I know that. The the ultimate bottom line is always going to be the bottom line money, you know. Ah. Especially when it comes to like sequels in Hollywood, yeah. you know they don't give a shit about it if they can do it better. They give a shit about it if you can get everybody to go see it.
0: Right. I.e., right. Fast and Furious. <laughs> God damn! Fucking Fast and Furious. Well I haven't made fun of them recently, so. Um, that's such a great way to put it, dude. I, I'm of the same mind. No. No, yeah. I, I do not believe it needs to be told any differently than it already has. I believe the story is strong and pure and that, no, Ed, Bra- Ed Brubaker should not try to do it better. If there's anyone who could do it again, it definitely would have to be him, but, nah, man, it doesn't need it. It's a great story, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. 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 Let a great story have a great ending mm-hmm. and let it stay ended.
1: Yeah, yeah, you know I agree. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that again, this has really uh, realistic characters. It has like this this looming mystery about this demon and about like what is this? De- is it a mm-hmm. demon? Is it in his head? Is it something else? Like what is it? Mm-hmm. And you know they they keep that over your head for for a good long time in this book, going back and forth. Um, and again, like the the artwork, I thought was fantastic. I really enjoyed the uh, the pacing again in this book. And, uh, like, if you guys are able to get your hands on the uh, deluxe edition, it's a really easy read because it's, uh, again, it, they make it difficult to want to put down. And yep. uh, the, entire, the entire run is collected in one deluxe edition. It is. Uh, and also, for those of you who are actually going to go search and look
0: this up, because we definitely know who you homies are who consider the books that, you know, Q and I discuss and uh, actually, you know, go in and read them because we also get your messages. Kudos. <laughs> this is actually an image publication. Don't know if we've said that yet.
1: We have. We have? Yep. Good, good. I'm going
0: to repeat it. <laughs> it is image. Yep. Um,
1: and also, as far as the Deluxe Edition goes, uh, a lot of... Uh, it's hard to get a lot of Baker's image stuff Uh and I think that Killer Be Killed has been out of print for a little while now. The Deluxe, the deluxe Edition, at least. Yeah. You may be able to find uh, other versions that come in, like, trade paperbacks. Ah. So you may have to uh, collect them in that manner. Uh, but uh, regardless, it is worth the read. If you guys can find the Deluxe Edition that has it all in one, definitely go for that. Uh, I would definitely recommend it. Yeah. Um, much, c- much better. Yeah. yeah. It just did have it all in one go. Mm-hmm. Um, also... I think that Kill or Be Killed is one of those books that uh, that reads better the more you read it. I see uh,
2: that. Because you
0: know. this is a book where you can easily miss some niche, small detail that really helps you to like have a deeper appreciation for everything.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so let me ask you this. Uh, would you uh, ever like to see a... Uh, uh, a movie adaptation or a mini-series adaptation of "Kill or Be Killed," mm. Mm. bro. Actually, I grab my phone. I think there may already be something in in what. But uh, but look, let me let me ask you. Uh, let me uh, honestly, it, I normally my answer to that is no, man.
0: Just let sleeping dogs lie. All right, just. Let the great story be great, and let, let, just let it be okay and done with. But if they just had to Hollywood it up and put it on a screen, this would be an easier story to do that with. Yeah. yeah. Now, here's the question. Who's doing it? If it's a Netflix adaptation, no. Keep that shit. No, stop, please. I don't want it. You don't
1: like Netflix adaptations, man? They're, they're super awesome. bro Bro.
0: No. I do not. Okay. We literally just joked about. I don't remember if this was on and off, Mike. Remind me mm. if this was on or off. But we literally just joked about how, like, man, Dragon Ball Z is dope. Oh, wait. I forgot they have a live action movie. Oh, man. Uh, uh, yeah, no, this was on, Mike. Yeah, Death Note. Real cool. Wait. They had a movie? Oh, you're <laughs> talking about that live action shit. Oh, okay. You know. Avatar Last Airbender. Uh, cowboy Bebop They're trying to come out with. Have you seen that? How no. they're doing a the live action of that? I'm not no. excited.
1: <laughs> it was great as it was. What are we doing? It's gonna be hard to top the. Uh, it's gonna
0: the be anime. hard to top that. Yeah,
1: man. <sighs> we, have to do, we have to do an episode when they uh focusing on um how to properly do a, a, an adaptation. Or, or Gosh. I mean, because if you think about like Martin, or I'll say this and then I get back to to that point. But sure. uh, as of 2017, um, a little like the Kill It Be Killed movie was set to be directed by Chad Stuhlowski. Uh That's the same gentleman who directed the John Wick movies. Yeah. Uh, but again, like this was announced back in 2017, so who knows if that's changed or not? If it's still up in the air. If anyone could do it. If anyone could do it. Yeah. So fun
0: question. Let's just imagine. Mm-hmm and uh continue imaginating who would be Dylan? Who would be the everyman?
2: <laughs>
0: I know, right? Which actor would you cast Ooh.
1: Man, you know, like uh I hate to type cast him, but uh, uh uh Jack Quaid would uh would, would fit the role pretty good. Mm. Um yeah, he does those weird roles so well. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, we gotta have, like, a common everyman, though. Like, some guy that, like, is. is both. potentially kind of cool. Like, yeah, you wanna hang around to him. You wanna spend some free time hanging out and being with him. And also nah, it just looks like a plain boring schmo, you know? Like, eh, I, it doesn't look like they're going to be that fun, mm. you know? Because he's got people that willingly uh, that willingly hang out with him, but then he also has these moments where it's like, nah, you're just being introverted and boring as hell. We, we're not going to – we don't want to hang out with you, you know? Yeah. Um, I don't want to typecast him either, but I was thinking uh, James McAvoy.
2: Mm.
0: That's not really a typecast for
1: him, though. He'd be another crazy person. <laughs> um, I- I'm gonna throw a uh, I'm gonna throw a wild horse at you then, like a, a wild, wild fucking option. Just flex that superpower. What? Who is it? Um. Yeah, man the 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 wild card. I was thinking, man, put Tom Holland in there. I'd buy that. Remember yeah, the movie we done. watched? Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs>
0: like, what are we doing? Yeah, yeah I de- I mean, you already got my vote. You don't have to pitch. I bought the product. Why are you still trying to sell me? Oh, shit. I am a Tom Holland fan, yeah. like, without a doubt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But what the, what were you trying to tell me? What What was the pitch you were going
1: to drop on me? Um, This movie you watched a few months back. was a pretty decent flick. The Netflix one? Yeah. The yeah, the, the, the yeah, devil... with the... the Robert Pattinson was in it. The Devil uh, All the Time. Devil All yeah, the Devil All the Time. That's Yeah, the, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: yeah, no, that was a pretty cool movie. It was it was very different. Yeah. I liked I liked the storytelling um uh, method that they used there. It was really yeah. cool. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. They had Spider Man, Pennywise, Batman, and Winter Soldier, you know, like just <laughs> star studded cast. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Yep. um, uh, uh, but no, like after seeing Tom, because that was the first thing like that I had really seen from Tom Holland, you know, outside of Spider Man. So like I know that you can, I know that he can be, you know, charming and witty and and yeah. Peter Parker, but like, can he be, you know, something that's dramatic?
2: Yeah, yeah, and, and, and that's that exactly really
1: why I
0: watched that one too. Yeah. You know, because I I wanted to see was this guy made in a Disney cloning factory just to be Spider Man, <laughs> or is he actually some some cool top dog shit. No, he's cool. Yeah. He's good. Yeah. Everyone did really good in that movie. They really did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and again, what's his name? Fucking, uh, Robert Pattison. Yeah. That was a movie I also watched because I wanted to see how he would do. Mm-hmm. Cause my only experience with him was, um, Oh, uh, Twilight. Twilight. I was about to say Titanic. And I was like, no, 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 not that romance. Uh, the, the bad romance. Right. Oh yeah. Twilight. There it uh, is. The other T. Yeah. Um, but then Lighthouse was
1: amazing, too. Lighthouse was, was really... So... Yes. Um, I thought he did a, a really great job, and... Uh, 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 Tenet? Tenet, Tenet yeah. Tenet, yep, Tenet was good. Tenet was good. Tenant was good. Um, yeah, he's, he's really been making the, making the case for himself. By so. the
0: way, the answer to your question is yes, homie, listening right now. We are just going to talk about movies for the rest of the episode. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah
2: amen
1: uh but no yeah so like if uh if this movie does get off the ground yeah I think there's a slew of people who would uh who, who could do the role you know really good yeah so it's just so I was just gonna depend um we'll see what happens though you know hopefully it does get made
2: hey, uh
1: but no man you got any final thoughts on uh killer be killed
2: I'm
0: good over here man uh thank you again uh I'm now saying it on mic. I said it off mic already. Thank you for letting me borrow the book. Oh, um, I, I joke about it, but I do deeply appreciate uh, the the library card I have for the Library Day Quentin. <laughs> um, you already know, homies, that we're going to keep doing our awesome comic book reading. Uh, but yeah, I think that's all I got, dude.
1: Yeah. Um, if I haven't been able to sell you guys on Killer Be Killed yet, then I don't know what I have to do. Uh I, I can't imagine what things I can do. Buy one, get one free. <laughs> I, I can't imagine what things I can do within the legal system uh, that could convince you uh, to to read this story. Uh, but no, this is one that uh, we both thoroughly enjoyed, mm. and uh, it's, it's it was also a breath of fresh air as well. Very so. uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, like there's there's not a, a whole lot of comics out there like this. It's funny because like, this was a breath of fresh air uh, in the opposite manner that Saga was a breath of fresh air as well when I first read it. Mm. Um, whereas Saga is just like this super, super high fantasy with a lot of realistic tones put in uh, that, that really helps it be more relatable. And you know we have Kill or Be Killed, which is really gritty, grounded, and one of those look outside your windows type of books and, and you can see a reflection of this book and parts of society. Uh, yeah. But this is a book that does have a lot to say, a lot of social cues and messaging. Uh, th- there's a lot in here about uh, the way that society sees itself. A lot of the things about how society lets things go, uh, how society doesn't maybe doesn't punish uh, yeah. or, or, or doesn't seek justice. Uh, and, and what some people would consider to be the, the right method or, or manner Um and, and again, what I also really love about that is the way that the messagings are presented is not presented like do this or you're a bad person. It's, yeah. it's presented in, in the fashion of this is the way that this character, not the writer, this is the way that this character sees things through his fucked up lenses. Right. And now he's not all right, but he's not all wrong either. And it's up to you to decipher what you want to make of it.
0: You know what's also ironic? This book literally takes time and dialogue out in order to graphically and with detail explain corruptions with the political system and just like the depth of sadness and negativity within our everyday society. In other words, it literally gets political. And somehow, this book does it better Without trying to shove it down your throat, than a book who tries to do it inadvertently via a fucked up, forced, concocted bullshit character. Yeah. And they are trying to drown you in propaganda. Yeah. Whereas this book literally types it out word by word and literally says, hey, shit's happening, it sucks, medical systems bullshit, I'm talking about real issues, mm-hmm. does a better job of presenting it to you without having to like, you know, fabricate a a fucking message and and parade it like it was a character. So Yeah. Amazing. Amazing how easy that was for Brew Baker. Damn. It's like all he did was like, man, let me just be real. Huh. (laughs) Huh. It's
1: the the difference between uh, fucking Marvel. The difference between writing a you know an M dev personalized, realized character versus self insertion.
0: Yeah uh yes you asked if I had
1: anything else to say apparently I did so <laughs> I think I'm good now though excellent well that is all we have for this one homies I uh, hope you guys enjoyed uh this uh slightly spoiler but mostly spoiler free review uh, of Killer Be Killed amen um great read hope you guys enjoyed this one we had a blast with this uh Kevin and I are going to Dragon Con soon hell yeah we are
0: DragonCon, which is Comic-Con
1: of Atlanta, Georgia. <laughs> uh, very much so. and uh, So that'd be a lot of fun. Uh, maybe some of you homies uh, or, will be there. Um, if so, uh, come on through. Buy us a drink. Hey, and, uh, yeah. <laughs> said, buy us a drink. I didn't say we were going to buy you drinks. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, that's going to be all for this one, guys. Uh, we will see you on the next, uh, or On the, on the uh, we will see you guys next time, on the next time, uh, that is all for now guys, but until then, my name is Superhero Homie Q. And I am superhero homie Kevin.